Good Thursday evening, good people. Welcome to another edition of Folks Talking Sports. The Houston Rombards you present Folks Talking Sports, sponsored by the Saxony family and the great man Steve Saxony for all of his support to us and to me personally. I am Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar View. If you see with me on the screen, joining me is Willie Gibson, the third member of the trio. Andy Yanez is hoping to join us for the end of the show. He got called away on another commitment. So, uh, Brother Gibson, how are you, sir? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there doing well. Let's get into it. Um, little did we know when we agreed to, to, to the show right now is that the biggest game in the history of the NBA <laughs> is taking place right now yeah. between Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Uh, James Harden and Joel Embiid and the Sixers against KD, Kyrie, and the Nets. And that's how the national media is hyping it. The most important game is the biggest game in the history of sports. And shaming us for, for doing this show while that game is being played. One, I didn't think about it. Two, couldn't care less. <clears throat> Couldn't care less about Mr. Uh, what's the term they use for him, Mr. Harden lately? Uh, passive aggressive. That's not it. Something else. Um, um, that's wrong. I just call him Mr. Uh, gotta have my way. If not, I'll bail on a team. Dude, he's done that twice in the last couple of years. And it's amazing how folks just seem to forget that. Just right. he, he's so talented, but it is like, excuse all that. He built the Rockets. He built on the Nets. But hey, he's a great player. It's all good. Your thoughts on that, sir? Yeah, that's interesting. As you said, it's selective, selective amnesia. You know, we we believe what we want to believe. We remember what we, what we want to remember. And uh, it was just what a year and a half ago that he was looking like you know he had a bodysuit under a uniform, and then all of a sudden he got the Brooklyn, the Houston, that is, mm -hmm. and then he got the Brooklyn. And it's like, yo, he dropped like 30 pounds in like two weeks. And then he got fat again and cried his way out of, out of Brooklyn so, be, so he could go to Philadelphia to be with his enablers, uh, Daryl Morey and Pat Brown and, and those folks who just truly epitomized the, oh, James, it's okay that you're, you're such a great player. We're going to excuse everything. Whatever you want us to do, James, it's all good. So didn't they give you the night off in Miami last week? <laughs> Yeah, I wonder why that was. Oh. Just saying, you know, I mean, I'm not big into social media, but what is the phrase? The Miami nightlife is undefeated. <laughs> South Beach flu. Well, yeah, there the you Cavs go. Are, South Beach. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So Cavs are hopefully not going to experience that. They've been they've been there since Tuesday. So, so. yeah, that that'll be a thing there as well. But here we are, topping it up on folks talking sports on Twitter at a. Let me do better with this, Brother Gibson. Let me post this right now at our Folks Talk Sports Twitter account. Got to start promoting that more. Do a better job of branding that account for us, the Folks Talk Sports Twitter account, where you can follow, subscribe, follow us on that account to get info on our upcoming shows. And and Mr. Yanez, the uh, young genius of the crew, uh, tweet out segments that you can watch later on. But right now we're streaming the show on Folks Talk Sports, as well as on Houston Round Barbie's YouTube channel. 
and also Houston Round Bar Review on Facebook. Different areas to reach the audiences. And you and I and, and Andy, we're going to work with our man, AJ Jones and Jones Media and Entertainment soon. So on his new platform, he's uh, finalizing the details and hammering out the, the coding and the studio and all that good stuff. And we'll have both Fox Sports on that platform as well as uh, Mr. Gibson's Buckeye show. That I'm, I'm making him going to do one. And yeah. also, Left Five Houston Rockets will be on there as well. So yes, I'm holding it to that. So I'm putting putting you on on point, on blast right now in front of the live audience on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook. You will have some sort of Buckeye show on there to discuss the Ohio State Buckeyes. All love. Let's get it. And speaking of the Ohio State Buckeyes, you had some. You sent me something that was very serious. So just discuss yeah. that in more details, if you don't mind, sir. No, I don't. Uh, starting center, um, Harry Miller, um, football, football center, Harry Miller, uh, retired today, uh, medically due to mental health. And young man poured his heart. Mm-hmm. He really, um, it, it struck me because, and I'll say it and I don't have a problem. He's a, he, I, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. I mean, he's a college, he's 21, 22 years old. Um, great family, mom, dad, always at the games. Uh, great conversation. Um, he had an NIL deal, has an NIL deal, and he took it with the stipulation that they donated to his charity, uh, that he works with, uh, abandoned children in Nicaragua, Nicaragua. Okay. So he's, you know, very strong in his faith, very, uh, strong in community service. And he, uh, spring ball, spring football practice started on Tuesday for Ohio State and he wasn't present. So, you know, a couple questions were being asked, you know, where's Harry? Where's Harry? Two year starting center. Uh, missed last year. We thought, but it, no, we, now we thought due to injury and now we know what the injury was. Um, he actually went to coach Ryan Day and said, coach, I had thoughts. I have thoughts of ending my life. And to his credit, Ryan Day immediately connected him with um, medical professionals that could help him. And he felt better, thought he could, you know, step back in a few weeks and give football another shot and just decided, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, You know, he talked in his PC, he wrote a retirement letter on Twitter and he talked about the cut marks on his wrist and on his throat that he covered with tape. Yeah. And it was just like, wow. You just never know. I mean, we, we, we say it and it's almost cliche-ish at points that you know, you don't know what anyone is going through at any given time, but he really, I mean, to a person that I talk to that cover this, that covers this team and is around this team, no one knew. Yeah. No one knew the depths of the, the challenges he was dealing with. So, um, all we can do is, you know, pray for his success going forward, commit him for being strong mm-hmm. to to disclose what actually he's been dealing with. So Indeed, man. You know, I I read what he what he sent me that he posted on social media. And that's that's serious, man. You know, that's life, you know. Yeah. Talking about um cutting 
you know, on, on his wrist, on his throat, you know, the marks, the scars. Yep. And he hit him with tape or, you know, clothes or whatever. Yep. But yeah, he was in a dark place and he decided to retire and be at peace with his decision and with his life. So I commend him for that. And he, he made a point. It wasn't a point, but he wanted to let some folks know that he's not a dumb jock. He got a 4.0. Oh. So in, in engineering, mechanical engineering. Yes. So as, as also to indicate that anyone can have mental health issues. It's just, it's not just people who quote unquote aren't smart or intelligent, aren't capable of handling their emotions, you know, aren't smart enough to deal with that. So I do commend him and I wish him the best going forward with his life and whatever he decides to do going forward with his life. And that's serious. You know, too many people, too, too many people choose to forget that these athletes are people first. High school, college, and pro. They feel like just because you buy a ticket, you buy their jersey, that you own a piece of it. Not the case at all. These young men and women have families, have lives that they endure. You know, sports is just a part of who they are. It is not all of who they are. And far too many folks in society just ignore that fact and try to treat these athletes as commodities, as their own property. And that's just not the case. And it's overwhelming for some people. So. I'm glad to see him do what was best for him. So let's get into some entertainment and serious stuff as we wait for our guest to join us. Something new we're going to branch out in and hopefully the audience will enjoy it as we bring him in in a few minutes. But we're going to talk Cougs and, and that in a few moments. But let's talk your Cavs. Yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers. Darius Garland put on a show, shining, bright. Is he healthy? Yeah, I think it is now. I think it is now. They gave him a little time to get his back right, uh, bone bruise in his back. Uh, he took some time off after the All-Star game, which he got ridiculed, ripped up and down. How could he play in the All-Star game? And now it's a week after. He shouldn't have played in the game. When we all know the All-Star game is a glorified pickup game. Right. He's not exerting himself. And by the way, it's in his city. He's selected to the game in his city. Of course he's going to play. Right. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's back and what, 41 and 13 on Tuesday night, 21 in the, in the fourth quarter. And, uh, he's, he's validating day by day that all-star selection. How serious is uh, Jared Allen's injury? Uh, fractured middle finger on his non-shooting hand. Um, Cavs will be very tight-lipped about length of time. As of right now, we don't believe surgery is required. Uh, they did sign Moses Brown today to a 10-day contract, uh, most recently in Dallas, um, which I kind of was unclear as to why they signed him today instead of tomorrow on a 10-day. Just playing semantics, keeping him an extra day on that 10 day, but they did sign him today officially. 
Uh, so he will be in uniform um, tomorrow, Friday, against the, the uh, Miami Heat in Miami. But uh, as, as of right now, it's a uh, day to day. They haven't given him a, a timetable as uh, uh, Jared Allen, that is, a timetable to return. But it is a fractured middle finger on the uh, left hand, non shooting hand. And joining us right now, he's going to pull him up from the back room as I learned these, this uh, new technology here. The owner of Play Action Pools. And that's we're going to, we're going to learn more about Mr. Gibson, you and I together. Yep. Mr. Christian McCollum. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Can you guys hear me good? Yes, sir. You sound sure. fine. Thank you very much. Christian, uh, he reached out to me, Willie Gibson and audience mm-hmm. and family. And I, uh, on his show to discuss Houston Cougars men's basketball. And Christian, I'm going to give you the floor, man. Tell us a little bit more about play action pools and, and what it's about and, and how can folks participate. All right. Cool. Yeah. No problem. You know, I was, you know, think about office pools, play action pools is, is an office, you know, sports pool hosting platform. And, you know, growing up, I was always that kid, not even that guy, that kid who was the guy that ran all the pools for everybody. I mean, going back to like sixth grade and stuff and, you know, through high school and college. And then we get out of college. There's a lot of more different platforms. Look, we used to do the thing where, you know, for our March Madness bracket, nobody trusted anybody. So you had to print out all the sheets. So you didn't just get your sheet. You got everybody in the thing sheet because, you know, one, one year my buddy was running and his grandmother won it, you know, and that happened twice. And we said, that is, that's it. We got to see them all now up front. So then you get into like, you know, online comes around and we can do that. So we, we did a lot of online stuff, you know, in recent years. And, you know, for a while I was just like, man, we could do something better than this. Like we, we can make it better than this. And my wife was finally just tired of hearing me talk about it. So she's like, why don't you go ahead and do something about it? So, you know, we launched in August and obviously football, you know, we launched with football. We some, you know, NFL hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, man. In yeah. August? Yeah, we launched in August. So last August, August 2021. Yep. Oh, this is, yep. this is brand new. Okay, cool. Brand okay. new. Yeah. All right. Brand new, man. We're startup brand new. So we rolled out with football. We had some NFL and some college stuff um, going on and now we're rolling into March Madness and. Um, I think you mentioned last time during the last show, my full-time job, I, I write for Irish Sports Daily, which is a, uh, a Notre Dame, uh, publication. Uh-oh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Irish. I'm watching the Irish right now. We're down 10. Uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a, he's a Buckeye. I heard, September I heard. September 3rd, yeah. September 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we got a young quarterback. So you guys, uh, you guys uh-huh. might be favored there, but, um, you know, but we, you know, we, 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 we got a lot of partnerships with a lot of my friends that are in that same community in terms of, you know, independent websites attached to colleges. You know, we got, we have friends that cover Ohio state, you know, Buckeye scoop. We got friends down to Texas, inside Texas and, you know, Texas A&M, Texas, and, uh, scoop duck out in Oregon and Gator country in Florida and inside pack sports and NC state and for the bloggy Penn state, you know, all over the place. So, you know, once it comes around basketball and now it's getting towards March madness and we're looking to kind of grow that play action family, um, you know, like Chris said, I reached out to him, saw what you guys were doing, uh, with the Houston round ball review. Um, and you know, the Cougs are doing great, obviously. So, you know, I was glad to have Chris on my show, uh, last week and, you know, kind of inform everyone on, you know, what's going on with Houston this season. And I appreciate you guys having me on here. All right. So how, how does it work for, for fans, basketball fans, people want, can people get a pool together? How does, how does it work? You know, let us know. Yeah, so we'll get you guys set up. You know, I gave Chris a, a peek at what it might look like. 
We'll get the Houston round ball review set up with you guys on official, you know, bracket contest, right? We'll get you guys set up there and similar bracket. I'm working on trying to get some Houston related prizes, uh, for your, you know, the people that join. You'll be free to join that. Um, and so that's just your, your typical bracket, but you know, the, the kind of our flagship contest, the one we really like and we think is a lot of fun for people. Uh, it's a little different. We call it build your bankroll. And this is a virtual sports book. So, you know, me and my buddies do it. My father-in-law does it where everyone starts with 10,000 shares and they're just points. It's not dollars. And you have the ability to wager those shares as you go. So when the, when the March Madness comes, I know that I'll be in a contest, but someone's going to go all 10,000 shares. They're going to risk them all the very first game. And if they win, they're going to double up. But if they lose, they're going to be out. Okay. And you're going to have some guys that are going to protect it. And they're going to be real stingy and uh, all my friends are going to make fun of them and call them cowards and stuff like that. And, and those guys will be around to the end. They might not be in the best position. So you want to kind of have a, a, a stay in the middle there. So you basically start with 10,000 points. Uh, it's point spreads, money lines, over unders throughout the NCAA tournament. And, you know, as you win, you build your bankroll. So your bankroll will grow. As you lose, that bankroll will start to dwindle. So at some point, you know, you have the ability to go on all in at any time. Uh, it's just a really, really fun format. You know, the way I look at it is, you know, sports gambling is becoming more and more prominent these days. And mm-hmm. I think what a lot of people are finding out is it's fun. It ain't so fun when you lose and you lose, you lose some money and you feel sick to your stomach and it's just gross. Uh, but these contests here allow you to kind of, you know, participate, have a little interest in the game, you know, whatever's amongst your friends, um, and watch it. And, you know, if you win, you'll be happy. But if you lose, man, you don't have to figure out what you got to tell your wife or anything like that or your girlfriend <laughs> or, or your mom if you're a sixth grader running these pools. Um, so it's just really, really fun format. And we'll have that up and running on playactionpools.com uh, when March Madness rolls around here. Fantastic, man. I got one friend of mine who I, I'm going to hit him up because I'm pretty sure he's going to be all over this, man. <laughs> you know, um, he, he's he likes to do a little bit of both, the real the real yep. thing. And the online stuff. So he, he's good at it. He, he's good at it. I did, I think. <laughs> you know what though? This you know? is a good format too for, you know, a lot of guys and not your friend, but a lot of guys like to tell you they're good at it, right? And they tell you about all they, all their wins, all their wins. All right. Well, let's go on and see. We're going to see yeah. now the standards. We'll find out. You know, we'll, we'll find out. The numbers aren't going to lie. Well, Gibson, you up for this challenge, man? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. All right, yeah. man. I'll get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I was gonna drag you forward into it anyway. I'm, you know, I know. Like I already know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we'll have something for the, for football as well, so you can we can we can make a little wager on the on the Buckeyes, the Notre Dame Buckeyes opener. All right. Uh, now, are you, are you in South Bend? I'm sorry, I missed that. Did you? Are you in South Bend? No, I, I lived in South Bend for three years. I used to cover the team. So I, when I first started at Irish Sports Daily, I was the beat reporter. So I would cover the team practices, press conference, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Moved to South Bend, lived there for three years. My son was born about six months after I moved there. Um, and when he get a little bit older, a little three, uh, you know, I talked to my boss and I was able to move back. I'm, a, I'm originally from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So I was able to move back here, let him be around family a little bit. And I transitioned to recruiting. So I cover, I've been covering recruiting full time, uh, for the last 10 years. Um, I know you guys were talking about Harry Miller earlier. Yeah. I mean, what a story. I, I covered yeah. Harry when he was a recruit, you know, everyone in the country was after him yeah. and, you know, just reading how powerful those words were. You know, I got someone very close to me, very dear to me who's uh, going through a lot of that stuff right now, like literally now. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, one thing I was telling them is like, you know, it's okay not to be okay. You know, right. and, and, they, and I think that, you know, the way we've grown up in society doesn't, you know, kind of shun people like that or just kind of swept it under the rug. And, 
and people that are going through those issues, they don't realize that they're not alone. There's nothing wrong with them. And, and someone like Harry coming out and, you know, putting all that out there is really going to help other people. I have no doubt about it. Absolutely. Well put, Christian. You know, thank you for that. And on a not say happier note, but another note, did you, did y'all see, uh, Buddy Behind's <clears throat> inadvertent, according to his dad, yeah. punch? What, what were your thoughts on, on, on that? I saw it and it definitely wasn't inadvertent. And I was surprised that his dad came out and defended him so, you know, you know, staunchly. Yeah. Um, it wasn't inadvertent, but at the same time, like, I thought that should have been a technical, maybe a flagrant too. Uh, but to be suspended, that was a lot. You know, I mean, it, it, I agree. Given it wasn't inadvertent, but it also didn't seem like a, you know, it wasn't a, you say some, someone threw a punch. I'm like, oh snap, he must have hit this dude in the jaw. Right. You know, a little, yeah. little, little, little love tap there, you know? I don't know. What do you think, man? Yeah, I agree. And, and the interesting part is they didn't catch it live in yeah. game action. They saw it online. They saw it virtual when the, when the clip was virtual. Or viral, rather. It's like, how do you retroactively? Yeah, which is weird. Where was the, the quote unquote baseline official? Yeah. Because, I mean, typically an official is there to give the ball for the inbound after a bucket. So (laughs) where was that official? What was that official looking at? So. Right. So, you know, to go back and say, well, it was missed during the game, but yeah, we're going to spend you anyway. The other Behan kid was hitting shots today, and they had a chance. Uh, yeah. You know, you like to say, like, oh, what if, you know, but, I mean, man, Buddy Behan, he's he's their, their best player. So uh, who knows what happens if, if he's able to play. And, man, that's that's tough, you know, to see to see that go. I mean, I don't know, Behan, that could be it for him. Yeah. And that ends his career, right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That ends his career. So it was strange, and I, I know I'm not, I'm not a dad, okay? You guys are. But for Coach Behan to – Blindly <laughs> his son. Well, we could all, you know, he said, what do you say? The kid punched, pushed him twice. Oh, it was a box out. Just one. <laughs> and, and it was invert. No, no, it wasn't coach. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But okay, whatever. Man, Christian, when, how soon will, uh, will you have it up and running for, for us and Houston Rombar review to, to get our, get our people involved and to have some fun? So my hope is to have it all up and running tomorrow morning. I got a meet, meeting with the web developers and I'm learning all these different terms. Well, I've, I've learned them now, but like deployment and development and <laughs> this server and that server and sandboxes. And you know, when I, when I talked to the guys today, they were very excited about getting in the sandbox and there's a, our data company runs simulations. So they're messing around with it all today. And they told me, Hey, tomorrow morning we're going to have a call and you know, we're going to deploy here and then we're going to deploy there. So. Bottom line, you know, we will tweet it out. I'll tag you. Um, I'll, I'll share a link with you so you can share it with all your, uh, you know, followers and stuff like that. And we'll be ready to go. Uh, we're going to hope to have the, the, everything up and running by tomorrow morning, but definitely by selection Sunday. Um, you guys will have it. We'll, we'll send it out to you. And I, and I'll definitely promote it on our account, um, at play action pools. Fantastic, man. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate, I appreciate you connecting with me and. I'm going to kind of pat myself on the back when I talk and you ask me about what kind of team could give Houston trouble. Well, Memphis is one of those teams. Yep, <laughs> so, absolutely. You know, so I, I, I do okay. You know, really, I surprised Christian when I told him how, when I mentioned how long I've been doing this, you know, going, <laughs> going on 30 years. So, you know, right. I picked up a thing or two here, here in that time. So 
And we'll, we'll have to have you back on so to when we see what Houston's draw looks like for next week, we'll have to get you back on real quick and just give us your take on, on what it looks like for them in that little region they end up in. Look forward to it, man. Thank you, as always, for, for taking this time to join us on this show of Post Talking Sports and uh, Facts and Pools and fans, followers of Houston Round Bar Review. We got something for you coming up in a few days, so some friendly competition. Looking forward to that. Mr. Gibson, I might have to uh, take you down a notch, dude. Sir, no, no, I'm not. I'm not good, and I'm not going to talk that junk. I'm not that good in, in this uh, in picking stuff. Although the shirt I'm wearing is from a media sponsor pool that I went through ESPN swag long time ago. <laughs> so I gave up. I stopped playing after that because I was like, I won. So why bother playing anymore? <laughs> but uh, Chris McCollum, thank you, my man, and look forward to working with you going forward in the future and making this a bigger and better thing for everybody involved. Absolutely, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks a lot, Willie. All right, Chris. Thank Take you. Care, man. See you guys. All right. All right. Awesome, man. Awesome. And see, we got Rocket fans chiming in. Willie, let me say this, man. I'm, I'm going to be messy for a moment. <clears throat> Please. I see this name in the comments. Brandon Thomas. Brandon okay. Thomas was like a ghost. A ghost for a while on the Let's Talk Houston Rocket shows. Now, all of a sudden, Rockets beat the Lakers Wednesday uh-huh. night. He comes popping up, flying in. He's all hyped. He's made four or five comments, just hyped up. I'm pumped. He's still pumped. Look at this. Look at, look at this comment. Look at this. Look at this right here. Look at this. Rockets uh-huh. baby. He's bragging, all smiling. But see, this is how you know he's a fan. He's really, you know, a true fan. He's a fanatic right here. This is the dude who predicted 33 wins. Okay? Whoa. He predicted that. So he's that's, saying they're going to run the table. So basically so that's two more wins than Andy predicted. Andy said 31 yeah. wins. <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah, Brandon picked 33 way back when, and then he was quiet. Yeah, Brandon, I know you were here a week ago, but before that, I didn't know where you were. I thought something happened to you, brother, so I'm glad you're back. I'm glad, you know, Rockets are playing well. But we'll, we can talk about that for a few more minutes, and hopefully Andy can join us in the last few minutes of the show. Did you hear in Ohio mm-hmm. any people declaring throughout this season Jalen Green was a bust? No. I did, no. and we did on our on the rocket ship. On in Missouri, really? you know, this oh. the source. You know, yeah, 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 some people were just like Jalen Green's number two pick. It was Rockets made a mistake. He's gonna be a bust. He can't I haven't heard a peep from them <laughs> in in mm-hmm. six weeks. Yeah. And haven't heard anything from from them today after he gave the Lakers the blues last night. Gave thirty two. Ten in the overtime. So where y'all at? You know, I'm not a fan, but I do observe and I notice who says what when. So but where y'all at right now? It's all kind of mm-hmm. quiet. We're gonna look back at the top top of this draft. With Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Josh Giddy. I mean, this is, this is gonna be, this could be one of those special drafts. This could be. You know, look back going forward 10 years from now, or remember that 2021 class, man, look at all these all-star appearances these dudes making here, left and right, man, you know. Right. So, and on point. Cause remember, yeah. remember Kobe's rookie season? The air balls will get the air Utah. ball gets Utah. 
Oh, this young fella ain't ready. He ain't ready. He, he just ain't ready. Oh my gosh. He made a mistake. He shouldn't have come out. He's no, no, no. And then 20 years later, all time great. Oh, okay. But some of y'all way back when. <laughs> you know, yep. so it's just funny how things work, but Jalen Green is a talent. He and Cade are not the same position. So let's just stop that comparison. Cade's a point guard. Detroit realized that probably around December. He's a point guard. Jalen is a two guard who has the ability to break down the defense and facilitate and get some assists. But he's not going to have the ball in his hands the whole time like Cade will. So two different dudes. But yes, the Rockets. Let me ask you, Mr. Gibson. Yes, sir. What's your thought on tanking? I don't, I don't believe players tank. No. Players don't. Organizations do. Front well, offices do. Well put. Yes. And this year, example, look at Portland. Mm-hmm. Yusuf Nurkic. Lo and behold, uh, big fella, it looks like you got something bothering you. What, what is it? I forgot what it is. Specifically, like a, a knee growing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. man. We're going to shut you down for the rest of the season. A day after he had like a 20 and 10 performance. Yeah, man, I, I think you look like that's going to be a long-term injury, man. You, you need to rest. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of that. Mm-hmm. That's front office tanking. Okay. Players, players want to win. Players want to compete. Players want to win because players know this is point one. This is one of the points. They're playing for the next contract. Yep. Two. They don't want those youngsters to come and take their job. That's it. <laughs> so, well, different scenario, but I'm not going to argue with that point right there by James Harden. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I'll put it like this. In terms of draft position, players players don't try to lose. I'll, right. put, I'll, I'll say it that way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I, mean, I think in, in different sports, pro sports, these we have good examples of players, veterans, who just kind of chunk it in. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm good for the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. You know, whatever. Man, well, what is this tape? I mean, they're doing it in Houston right now. John Wall <laughs> played how how many games this year? Uh, none. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Ooh, well, yeah. Nah. I don't, I don't know if that I would call that tanking. I'd call that being naive because okay. they really believed that they were going to find a trade partner for John Wall. Okay. They really did. Back in October, Rafael Stone, I don't know if John's representatives convinced him of that fact or if someone else in the league, you know, said, Hey man, John has some value. I had no value. <laughs> I didn't Not if he value. doesn't play. Especially if he doesn't play. So I, I just don't understand why they agreed to that and why they thought. I mean, they were convinced that it would be, get done by December. Wow. That someone would make a trade for John by December. Here we are, March, past deadline. John ain't going nowhere. Still a, until the summer. And to show you how everybody's okay with it, Brandon, pretty eyes hit. 
Did you see? Is it Tuesday? Monday. This Monday. Rockets in Miami. Zion's on the bench. <laughs> Sit oh, with the wow. team on the bench. Because he's been working out in Miami. Working out in Miami. He Got hasn't it. been in Houston since probably December, as far as I remember, as far as I've been told. Wow. But he there he was on the bench. And he even doing uh delay in action, chopping it up with Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Kyle's on the court talking to John. I think Dennis Shooter Shooter sitting next to him. And I'm just like, Y'all are good with this this brother sitting here on the bench, he ain't been with y'all for months, but y'all okay with him coming back because y'all in Miami? Wow. Man. Must be nice. Oh. But you know, here well, let me get into it right here. Here's a point. We're gonna talk Cougs for probably the last segment of the show. But oh, I, okay. I'm, I'm convinced that if John would have played more games and been healthy enough to play more games, the Rockets would not be 1749. It'd be better than that. Oh, I'm, oh yeah, no, no question. Okay. Just as I'm convinced that if Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olynyk in Detroit would not have missed a month with the with injury first and then COVID issues, they'd have more wins now. By far. Mm-hmm. So it's like fans forget that. If they, they you know, they're forgetting what could have happened if John would have played for the Rockets and if Jeremy Grant and KO would have played for Detroit. They would not be in position to get a high lottery pick. So I guess in a sense, be thankful for what you are, what the team is right now. Yeah. Having a chance to be one of the three worst records in the NBA. To have one of the top three, four picks in this upcoming draft. I ask you this, and Brandon, y'all chime in as well. Saw, uh, Sam Bassini's latest, uh, draft board today. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts on Ted Homer? Oh. <sighs> Um, I'm not a fan. Why not? I'm not a fan. I'm just not. I'm just not. Um, maybe I'm early. I, I think he needs to grow into his body. His, his talent is there. I see it, but I'm just, I'm just not. I'm just not a fan. He's okay. It's okay. He's he is agreed. He's talented for sure. And Sam Bassini, and I think the mock drafts I've seen, the guys I trust, have Chet as a, the number one pick in the draft. Mm. Period. Either either Chet or Jabari Smith. I'm more mm-hmm. Jabari Smith than, than Chet. But mainly because I, I just believe Jabari's ceiling is a little bit higher than Chet's. So, but I'm going to get back to Chet discussion. Well, let's go right there right now. Sam is not concerned slash bothered by Chet's thin frame because he believes his skill set will allow him to fit in and excel in the NBA some way, somehow. So Mm -hmm. he may not, he may never be, his frame may not be able to hold, you know, a lot of weight Mm -hmm. because I think his dad is, is tall and slim. Mm-hmm. 
but his skill set will allow him to be productive. Mm-hmm. So you got some scouts, GMs, who believe his skill set will allow him to overcome his slender frame, but then you got some folks like us and a family on in the comments. I'm just he's like Sean Bradley then to me. That's you know, just, I was waiting on you to finish, but yep. He, you know, and see, I don't, I'm, Brandon saying, Terry reminds me of KD. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Chet, he's taller than seven, seven feet. Yeah. He's seven, one, seven, three. He might still get a little taller. I don't think he'll get seven, six like Sean Bradley, but I just, so, so real thin. You yeah. know, Evan Mobley was slim. But Chet is thin. You know, he's thin compared to Evan Mobley. Yeah. So I have that issue. But I think if you partner Chet with a bruising, a more physical uh teammate like Isaiah Stewart in Detroit, yeah. like Al P. Alfred doing with the Rockets, I think that tandem could work. Because you could maximize Chet's skill set. But I just, I worry about his feet. If he does put on weight, I worry about his hips. Because my man has no butt. Okay, he's just got nothing. You know, lower body strength, I think it's going to be an issue for him. So, I mean, he's got the long arms and, and all that. I just, I'm going to talk about Brandon's comments right here about, about, uh, KD. KD was the thin man. Mm-hmm. But I don't look at Chet and think of KD. And not because mm-hmm. of skin color. No. KD, I mean, he just, he was more of a scorer. Could be because of the role that they had. Cause, you know, the players Chet has around him at Gonzaga doesn't compare it to what KD had around him in Texas. No. So KD had to do more at Texas than Chet had to do it with the Zags. But, so I think Brandon is more along with Sam Vicini and believing Chet's skill set will allow him to shine in the NBA. I'm just not there yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm not either. So, um, we'll just see how it all plays out, man. So, and to your point about Evan Mobley's thinness, realm mm-hmm. thinness, the, one of the first things the Cavs did once he got to Cleveland, hired a personal chef. Yeah, for him. Shout out to Dion Mellinger. That's his personal chef in Cleveland. And you see now, he's thin, but you see definition is coming. And he has all he has an off season coming up. So between the year and one and year two, we'll see it. I'm gonna give you full screen, man, for a minute to talk about Buckeyes and promote yourself, okay? All right, cool. Uh, Buckeyes play tonight and about tip-off is in about 20 minutes. Uh, quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament against Penn State. Uh, Penn State is, this should be an easy win, uh, advance for Ohio State. They, uh, are without Kyle Young again. Uh, his fourth game he's missed, uh, in confession protocol. Uh, Zed Key, Sophomore center as well as, uh, sophomore guard Michi Johnson 
is, are also both uh, game time decisions with uh, ankle injuries. So Ohio State's coming off a unprecedented uh, run to end the season, 11 games in 27 days uh, to end the season. A couple of reschedules there. Uh, they finished six and five. Five of those games probably with proper rest and a full complement of injuries. You have those players. You don't. They don't go six and five to end the season. But um, they twenty minutes ago, twenty minutes to tip off quarterfinals against Penn State. Uh, the winner of that game plays. Excuse me. They would play. I believe it's uh, Rutgers tomorrow. Let me confirm. I think I'm wrong. That one second. Yeah, confirm that because I'm not even showing that. But yeah, segueing into uh, local teams we're covering, the Houston Cougars men's basketball team will begin their um, tournament action Friday afternoon at noon against the eight seed Cincinnati Bearcats. That game will be on ESPN two, which gives me a, a chance to just go into our segment sponsored by the awesome. Steve Saxinian. We're going to talk some uh, UH basketball here. And as you see in the upper right corner, Folks Talking Sports is sponsored by Steve Saxinian and the Saxinian family. So, well, I'm going to tra- trade off and go solo for yes, you. Back to you. All right. So here we go. UH basketball, men's basketball. Cruz 26 and 5 overall and 15 and 3 in the American Athletic Conference. They won the regular season AAC uh, championship. Will face the Bearcats Friday at noon. Bearcats defeated East Carolina 9C today, 74-63 in the first game of the AAC championship. In that game, Cincinnati's David DeJulius scored 22 points to lead the Bearcats. He also had four rebounds and three dimes. Senior guard Jeremiah Davenport finished with 11 points and uh, six rebounds, while sophomore guard Mike Saunders Jr. Added 10 points. Junior wing John Newman the third led the way with rebound with eight boards and five assists. The Cougs are five and zero inside Dickey's Arena, which is the site of the 2022 American Athletic Conference Championship Men and Women's Championship. Houston won last year's championship. They went three and zero last year at Dickey's. And they also won two other games. They defeated Texas Tech in November of 2020 and beat Oklahoma State December 2021 by 11 points for their five wins inside Dickey's Arena. <clears throat> the Cougs have advanced to the semifinals of a conference tournament 22 times, made the final 14 times, and they've won seven conference championships. And if you hear that horn going by the train horn, I'm in the hood. The greater fifth. That's where I live. It's all good. Friday's matchup between Houston and Cincinnati will be the third time the two teams have faced each other this season. The Cougs beat the Bearcats 80-58 in Cincinnati. It was a beatdown on February 6th. And then last week on March 1st, UH beat Cincinnati 71-53 inside Fertitta Center. That segment was brought to you by Steve Saxenian and the Saxenian family. I'm going to bring back my man Willie Gibson 
because the season's almost over. We're going to be looking for additional sponsors for the rest of the year. Because yeah. our arrangement with the Saxonian family was for college basketball season. So now we're looking for additional sponsors because we will continue having folks talking sports shows throughout the year. We're getting close to our, what did I say close, about three months away, our one year anniversary of folks talking sports. So we'd like to have a sponsor, uh, by then in June, hopefully, because we started talking, we debuted the show with no name, uh, at that time, talking about the NBA and NBA playoffs and, and those good things. And even to me, uh, morphed into talking about the Olympics and the struggles that Team USA men's team had when they lost to Nigeria and an exhibition and all that. So we evolved from then to now. We're going to continue our evolution throughout this year. That's the goal and the plan. As we expound on different platforms, if Mr. Giannis has a chance to join us in these closing moments, it'll be via audio. But one of his ideas is going to begin tomorrow. He is going to have a post-game show. He's going to stream it on the Houston Round Bar View YouTube channel, but also on his Twitter account. Let me pull that up. It's Ayanez underscore five, as well as Pod Slammer Jam. I see if I have it by itself. Ayanez underscore five. If not, here we go. You can follow, be able to stream, watch the show. Less Rage Coobs. Uh, probably 20, 25 minutes after the UH game ends, the post game show will begin. You can watch it on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five. And pod, P-A-W, Slamma Jamma, F-L-A-M-A, J-A-M-A. And also on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Young fella, Mr. Giannis is hyped about it. He's learning. He's learned because he's smarter than us. He's learned how to, you know, um, use StreamYard and, and do some Zoom stuff. He's trying to do all kinds of stuff I didn't even thought about doing on here. So he's got that going. So tune in for that. We're going to do post-game shows for UH Athletics, the plan is to do it a post game for the men's team at, throughout the end of this season. And then in the fall, do it for UH football and basketball. And my goal is to do other sports, other teams in town. It's not just UH. So TSU, Rice, Prairie View, et cetera. We're going to do post game shows, another way to interact with the audience. And I'm talking college teams, not just pro. You know, pro teams got shows. They got the Texas, the Texas have a show. Rockets have a post-game show. Astros have a post-game show. Folks here in town, they, they just, you know, they don't care about college teams. Well, we're here to fill that gap. So that's what we're going to do. That's one of, one of our goals. But, Willie Gibson, to fill that gap, mm-hmm. it sure would help if we had people, sponsors to support us, to help us oh. do more with more rather than more with less. I oh, think we've done a good job of what we can on on a limited budget. But we'd like to see our budget grow. And imagine what we could do with a bigger budget. So tune in Friday, roughly 20 minutes at the conclusion of the Houston Cincinnati game for Les Ray Coo's post-game show. We did it. Have you been on, on a uh, Twitter space so far? I have not. I was on my first one Sunday with Andy and Dan Dunlap and Akib and a few of the other Cougs who, who either work for the Daily Cougar or cover the Cougs and other endeavors. 
my first Twitter space, post game show. It was pretty cool. Technology, it, you know, the platforms exist. Yep. So that experience, we decided to grow it and include my channel on YouTube as well as the Twitter account to combine them. We got positive feedback on it. But brother Gibson, I think I pointed out to you, um, in previous shows, because mm -hmm. uh, one of the listeners of Sunday's show lives in the Fort Worth area. I mentioned during the show that the AAC does not do a good job marketing their championship. Fort mm -hmm. Worth, Texas is Big 12 country. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. There's no marketing of the AAC championship. This person, this, you know, audience member is like, great point. I live in an area. I had no idea that there was the AAC championship. I drive around, mm -hmm. have seen nothing. Willie! Wow. That cannot be, man. That cannot be. Conversely, you go to Indianapolis the last month, and all you see is Big Ten, <laughs> Big yes. Ten tournament. Big Ten you, tournament. You cannot. They got to do better. And I say that knowing full well that Houston will be leaving, <laughs> going to the Big 12 after another year, hopefully. But for next year, they got to market and promote their event. Once again, Texas is Big 12 country. Period. Big 12 country. You can't, you cannot just hope and pray folks are gonna show up if you don't promote mm -hmm. it. You just, mm -hmm. you just can't do that. So, and a great way to do that, to start October, seven months from now, have the media day in Fort Worth. At Dickie's Arena. Have the banners all around town. See you in March for our men's and women's basketball championship here at Dickie's Arena. That's a great start. Where are media days now for the AAC? Last two have been virtual. Okay. Previous, previous years, um, had one in New York at the downtown athletic center. Wow. First time there. There was no tournament there. Okay. I, I have, I've attended all of the media days, in-person media days. I was attending the first one. The first couple were in Mohegan Sun. Uh, we had one at FedEx Forum, Memphis. And then with the move to Fort Worth, I think the last two, first, you know, first one was canceled because of COVID. Then last mm -hmm. year is in Fort Worth, but no marketing. And that's for the tournaments. Media days have been in New York, Philadelphia. That's where the last three were. Philadelphia at the Philadelphia Marriott Airport where Temple played. But the tournament wasn't there. <laughs> so why why do that? Where's the AAC headquarters? Fort Worth. Now moved there last oh. last summer. Oh okay, okay, okay. Moved. Yeah. Where were they before? Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. You know, because the, the the initial incarnation of the conference, UConn was part of it. You still mm -hmm. had a Northeast, you know, media contingent sure. for them. Sure. But even then, the the conference tournaments were in Memphis. You know, some they weren't up there in the Mohegan Sun. And now that they've moved to Texas, and I know that some of the employees who were part of the conference when the conference was on the East Coast, 
did not move to Texas. So wow. they had to hire new people, new staff here. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a, an additional issue. You got to fill those spots and then COVID hit. So all that kind of those, the delays and the move, everything kind of whatever, but still mm-hmm. promote that event in Fort Worth. Promote the people in. That's Keith's new country. That's not SMU country. Okay. Yep. That's Big 12. I'm giving you free advice. I don't want it to be free because mm-hmm. brother can use money. I, you know, I've been around a long time, got some experience in how this stuff works. Michael Resco want to send y'all with a bang my last year covering y'all because I will be going to Big 12 with UH. Look the brother up. I'm giving you stuff right now. This is basic stuff. Promote yep. your event at Media Day. Have Media Day in October. And promote, have the flyers, banners, all that stuff, signage. There you go. That's the word. Signage yep. all over. Saying, yep. see you back here in March for our men's and women's American Athletic Conference Championship in 2023. Brother Gibson, I, I'm, I'm going to, I don't say shade. We're going to wrap up this edition of Folk Talking Sports these closing moments. The Houston Cougars women's team, mm. they, Exceeded my expectations. They won their first round game. They were the sixth seed in this week's tournament. They defeated 11th seed Cincinnati. So I kind of I wasn't surprised they won that game. Mm-hmm. I was surprised they won by 22. They advanced to the second round to play three seed Tulane. That's where I thought the season would end. Three seed Tulane, I figured it, you know, it's done. But they won. Houston beat Tulane, beat them by eight, 65-57 to advance to the semifinals Wednesday night against two seed South Florida. Uh, the two matchups this season prior, South Florida beat Houston by combined 50 points. Whenever, was that the game? It was like 49 to 12? Yeah, last week. Yeah, last matchup was last Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, there's no way in hell. <clears throat> they only lost by eight last night. Lost 58-50. So the season ended in the semifinals of the AAC uh, Conference Championship. But Mr. Gibson, mm-hmm. that is the eighth consecutive year of no trip to the NCAA tournament. For coach Ronald Hewitt. Okay. Head coach Kelvin Sampson contrasts that. Eight year at Houston is once again leading his team to the NCAA tournament. My, I got friends who joke with me after women's team beat Cincinnati on Monday. Watch Houston sign coach Hewitt to an extension Monday night. And then when they beat Tulane Tuesday, oh, it's going to be a 10 year extension now because he beat mm. Tulane. Mm. That is the fear of the administration. Coach Huey's a good dude. Okay? He's a good dude. Brother Gibson. Eight years. And Coach Huey in post-game press conference last night after the loss to South Florida said the future is bright for Houston Cougars women's basketball. <clears throat> Mr. Gibson, 
I'm going to say it one more time. Eight years. And no trip to the NCAA tournament. Eight years. That's too, that's too long. Sure. And I'm going to say this and let you chime in before we close it out. The Houston Baptist Husky women's basketball team won the Southland Conference champion regular season for the first time in program history. HBU women's team earned a double bye through the semifinals of the conference tournament. They don't play until Saturday. Okay. That means HBU is two wins away from reaching the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. If that happens, and it's still a, and if, because it hasn't happened yet, if that happens, the Houston Cougars women's team will be the only H-Town College team, women's team, to have not made the tournament in eight years. HBU would have, would have made it this weekend. CHU's made it. Texas Southern. Rice made it. And Prairie View's made it within the last eight years. Well, <laughs> I mean, what else is there to say? Uh, is Coach Mouton ready? Man, I don't know. Somebody gotta be ready. I think. I mean, I'm up serious. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a, I'm, I don't, I don't know if they give her the job, if she wants the job. Uh, I heard about that, uh, I heard about the comments from Galen and, and DeAndre Williams, DeAndre Williams talking junk because Memphis beat Houston for a second time this season and they haven't been to the NCAA tournament yet. And he, he's talking in trash. I mean, seriously, brother, y'all ain't been to the tournament since you were like 12. So I mean, come on, whatever. If HBU wins, they are the top seed in the Southland Conference wins basketball. If they get it done, if they get it done, Houston will be the last team, <laughs> women's team, to reach the tournament in these eight years. Mm-hmm. What more do you need? And you're going into a better conference with better talent, bigger players, more athleticism. What do you need? You would think going into the bigger conference, you would want a clean slate, a fresh start. You would think. And for him, for that program, not to have made the tournament in eight years, first of all, that's double the time you would think. Uh, I don't know. I think about the coach from Florida Gulf Coast. I just saw it the other day. He's 55 and 57 mm-hmm. in four years. And he was fired. And they, um, I, I say that because I was watching something on, on, but, on Mike Krzyzewski. They had a winning year this year, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I was watching something on Mike Krzyzewski before Duke lost to Carolina on Saturday. Right. And, um, Kudos to Carolina because they they took it they put it to Duke no question they yes sir. and I think it was after his third year at Duke mm-hmm. he was thirty five and forty seven yep but they stuck with him and of course the rest is history but eight years and you haven't 
made the tournament that I'm never an advocate for for someone's job. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that guy. However, what is it, Cabby? What's my guy? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yep. We're going to wrap it up with two things because I want to get this in. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be on one of the teleconference calls with Tom Burnett, who is, ironically, the commissioner of the Southland Conference, but he's also the chair of the Division One Men's Basketball Committee. It took place yesterday. I got a chance to ask him two questions because it didn't seem to be like a lot of media folks on the call. I took advantage of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, could, in terms of seeding, could it be as simple as comparing two teams, which team has more quad one wins than the other? Shoot the Cougars fans know why I brought it up because the Cougars, I think, have one quad one win. Because the team just got <coughs> non-conference, you know, power programs, Virginia, underachieved this year. Oregon, uh, underachieved this year. So, you know, teams like that did not get it done. Well, I mean, you schedule power fives, thinking that's going to be good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So, you may have one. Maybe Oklahoma State, neutral site. And that finally became a quad one victory. So, in terms of those metrics, you have just one quad one victory. So, it, it does kind of look bad. Whereas something like Ken Palm or the Nets had them ranked high, top five, for most of the season before they lost Memphis on Sunday. Mr. Burnett's response to my question. Again, the question was, in terms of seeding, could it be as simple as comparing two teams, which team has more <coughs> quad one wins than the other? His answer. I would say not by itself. I think certainly it's one of many factors we look at. We're looking at quite a bit who were the quad one teams, the quad two teams that they played, what is their road record, what is their head-to-head record, what should be their best their record against teams that are in the field as comparison as well. There's also an issue for Houston because I think up until Bryant went to qualify for the tournament, Houston had the wins over tournament teams, which Mr. Goodman points out all the time. But again, not their fault. Virginia didn't make it. You know, Oregon didn't make it. You know, all the other teams. But anyway, that one isolated example is just that. But the committee is looking at all sorts of factors. Further, as you may be aware, and of course I was, the committee members are very engaged with the 32 conferences, the monitoring program. We are hearing directly on a regular basis from our conference contacts on their thoughts about their conference and what's going on in their leagues. My next question, and we're about to wrap it up, shut it down, was how does the committee handle teams who lose players to season-ending injuries? Also relative to Houston, with Marcus Sasser and Jamal Mark being out since December. The committee has had a long-standing policy to certainly be as informed as we possibly can about injuries. I would say certainly over the past two years, we've also added COVID disruptions to that as well. On occasion, we have to address the possibility that a student athlete, of course, I would say student asset, or even a coach at times can be suspended from play. Certainly, the committee wants to know what was the impact of that. How did the team perform with or without certain players, whether it's COVID or an injury, possibly suspension? It certainly factors in. 
I think ultimately knowing that a team coming back to full strength may be very different than what it was doing a COVID pause or coming right out of that same with an injury. Committees take that into account. Ultimately, we certainly have to go with the results. We can't presume anything because of a COVID issue or an injury that would have impacted a final result. We do have to kind of live with the results that we've spoken of before. It allows us to move forward with the process. So basically, to go back to if the team, in this case, Houston, were to become full strength, it would change the thought process. Well, Houston is not going to be full strength the rest of the season. The team is who they are. So that's one reason why the seating may be lower than Coop fans think it should be. But that's where they are. And Coach Sampson said on uh, his conference call, media call, excuse me, on Wednesday, that they're, they're not a great team right now. You know, they're not Baylor. They're not the Zags. They're not Auburn. They have what they have right now, but they're going to compete. Because like players, like we talked about earlier in the show, they want to win. They may not be a full team, full healthy team, but they're not going to lay lay down and roll over. <laughs> you know, they're going to give what they have, and good enough to win, you know, advance in the tournament. If they lose a better team, so be it. What are your thoughts on that? And as we close it up, yeah. As you were reading that, I always think about was Bob Huggins and Kenny and Martin in two thousand. That's all I could think about the entire time. Like, man, who was the committee chair that year? Because they were clearly the best team in the country before Kenny got hurt. Yep. No, I mean, yep. wasn't even close. Yep. yep. So Kenny broke his leg, and you know that changed everything. It did. It did. So, Second round exit, if I believe I remember right. Yep. Yep. Okay. It changed. It changed brackets. It changed everything going forward because they were not the same team. Which right. goes back to one of our points. People talk about next man up. Next fan up. Look, if you lose the best player in the country, right? It's kind of hard as hell to be the next fan up and replace the best player in the country. Yep. That's just not going to happen. Next fan up. Okay, that's that's nice in theory. It sounds right. good. Doesn't mean it's going to work. But you know, okay, next man up. Okay. <laughs> And let me circle back to something that I said earlier. Um, Ohio State, Penn State winner plays Purdue tomorrow night at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. I think it's at Rutgers. Right. Especially Purdue. Purdue okay. gets the winner of tonight's game. So Jaden Ivey, who's drafted, yep. who's gone up. And this will be the last thing. Stan Bassini's big board, draft board, has Paulo Bencaro now in the fourth spot. Behind mm. Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, and Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey. He's now at three. And Paulo mm. is at four. And Keegan Murray at Iowa got some folks questioning why is Keegan Murray being considered behind Paulo Bencaro? Yeah. So, okay. I'm just like against on Paulo's game. You know, he, he just, he, he does not, he's a, he does not have the alpha mentality to me to be, be the best player on the floor. And I don't know if I want to use like that <laughs> on my team, you know. He's going to put up right. numbers and all that kind of stuff. And, no, man. Go through the motions here and there. I don't need that. You know, no. Right. So impact winning. That's what I want. Dudes like that. 
Brother Gibson, how can folks find you on the internet? Thank you, sir. Uh, Will Gibson seven on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Will Knows. And I am Chris Gardner. One last thing. I'm going to put it up, give some shine to congratulate the 10 finalists of the Guy V. Lewis Award. Goes to the top boys high school player in the greater Houston area. I'm on the Guy V. Lewis Award committee. I tabulate the votes and help put out the press releases for, um, young men. We're going to contact them and invite them to an award reception at the end of this month on the campus of the University of Houston. Mr. Gibson, I feel old because that top name, young man's name right there, Cam Ambery, mm-hmm. senior Shadow Creek High School. I covered his mom when she played ball at Rice. Oh. So <laughs> that I feel so old when I see him well, about to graduate high school. <laughs> I won't say you're old, but that does remind me we have a commemoration on Monday. Correct? Yes, I turned 50. 50 on 50. March 14th. Yeah. The big 5050 on March 14th. And when we got the, uh, you know, got the vote tabulated and put out the press release, I contacted Cam's mom, congratulating her, you know, on her son's honor. And I said to her, you know, I, I feel really old, don't you? <laughs> and she's like, I bet you do. <laughs> so. But yes, congratulations to each of those 10 young men, Cam and Bree. Let me drop the name, folks, who can't see it or listen later on on the podcast. Podcast available on Spotify, um, iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcast, and iHeart. Cam and Bree from Shadow Creek, Keanu Dawes from Stratford, PJ Haggerty from Crosby, Chris Johnson, Elkins, Kenneth Lewis from Booker T. Washington, Jalon Lowe, Jalen Lowe, Fort Ben Marshall, Josiah McWhite, Sia Falls, even Maneki, Cy Ranch, Chancellor White, Foster, and William from Westfield. We will announce the winner of the Gavi Lewis Award on March 29th at the reception. And every young man and their family members are invited to attend the reception. So be the first year in a couple of years we get able to do it in person. So looking forward to all that. But yeah, brother, I got my hats in high school basketball, college, pro, women's, men's. I do what I do. Hold up, you said you tabulate, tabulate the votes, right? So you already know. We have voted on, on, on the, uh, uh the, the final. Okay, one. okay. Yeah, the final. Okay. Although, I'm pretty sure I know who, who's gonna win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So yeah. But as always, family, thank you for your comments. Brother Gibson, thank you for your time. Uh, we'll connect, uh, when are available next, next week, brother? Let's get that on the air so people will know. Cause next Thursday is the first time of the tournament. It is. Um, it's a great question. Um, and I may be in Dayton on Wednesday to cover the first four. Okay, cool. Um, Thursday looks good. Well, or Wednesday? I mean, Wednesday, Thursday. Let's let's play it by ear because it it it'll depend on probably when Houston plays. Yeah. So yeah, let's just play it by you. We'll see. We'll, we'll know matchups and stuff on by Sunday, and yep. we'll connect with with uh, Andy as well. And we'll go from there. So, my yep. man, happy birthday, sir! Thank you, brother. I hope yours was well, was good. And yep. Mr. Yanez was not able to join us, but his birthday is March 11th. So 
tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, Friday. So fans who tune in to the Less Rage Cougs, wish them happy birthday. And Giannis and Deion Dunlap will be co-hosting the Less Rage Cougs post-game show tomorrow after the Cougs Cincinnati game. So tune into that on the Houston Mountain View YouTube channel, as well as on Twitter at Ayanis underscore five and Pod Mama Jamma. Thank you again. I'm Chris Garda of the Houston Round Bar View. Local name, global perspective. Been around since 1994. Hope you're around, around a few years more. Rocket fans, the Let's Talk Houston Rockets show. The next one will be Saturday, March 12th, probably 8 p.m. Central Time. See you there for that. Take care. Peace.